The number two, 10-0, Ohio State Buckeyes travel to Maryland to take on Talia Tagovailoa, Roman Hemby, and Rakeem Jarrett this Saturday. In a game that has shown in the past that nothing is guaranteed. Remember, this matchup took place in 2018. That was the last time Ohio State played at College Park in Maryland, and it wasn't a blowout. And the last time they played in College Park was also the weekend before the Michigan game, in which Ohio State trounced Michigan 62-39. to But did you know that if Maryland just completed one pass, regardless of what happened on that following Saturday against Michigan, Michigan would have went to Indy. Regardless, Maryland missed what was a completable two-point conversion that would have helped them win 53-52 to over a Dwayne Haskins-led Ohio State Buckeye squad, which was ranked 10th in the nation at the time. They were 10-1, and 7-1 and in conference. Their only loss to Purdue heading into the Michigan game, and they barely escaped over a Maryland squad, which was primarily led in that game by Anthony McFarland, who had 298 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. He accounted for over half of Maryland's total yards, which was 539 McFarland hasn't even played yet in the 2022 NFL season. He played in 2021 and 2020, was picked in the fourth round. And in the 2018 season with Maryland, he averaged 14.2 yards per carry against Ohio State. The only game he averaged more yards per carry in was against Minnesota, who was 7-6 and six that year under P.J. Fleck. He averaged 18.7 yards per carry against them. In every other Big Ten game, or any other really game against any competent opponent, he never averaged more than, really than five yards per carry. He averaged seven against Indiana, five against Illinois, eight against Rutgers, only averaged one and a half against Texas, who were the Big 12 champions that year, and didn't do so well against Iowa, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State. The point was, Ohio State wasn't prepared for Maryland that game. They totally looked over Maryland's head. They still came out on top. But the point is, nothing is guaranteed. It's the same thing with my Michigan Wolverines. Both Ohio State and Michigan will probably be 11-0 when they take on each other. The winner will go be 13-0 and be the number one or number two, more likely number two seed in the CFP. The loser will be the number four, potentially the number three seed in the CFP, or they will have a trip to the Rose Bowl. But nothing's guaranteed yet. Every Saturday, there is a chance for an upset to occur. Every Saturday. And this, along with possibly Illinois over Michigan, no matter how unlikely or unrealistic that sounds, there is a possibility of it. So Ohio State has to take care of business. And that starts at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC against a team that really is like a mini Ohio State in many, in many aspects. Illinois with Michigan, both teams are power spread, power football teams. Solid defenses, both in the run and the pass. They do more with less compared to where they're ranked. 
Like Michigan's number three, but most teams around Michigan have similar or much higher talent like height from high school rankings than Michigan does. Michigan has a lot of three stars and four stars on that roster that they've developed into playing like four stars and five stars, and they're a power football, older school style spread team, run a power spread. Ohio State, much more modern, air raid, balanced spread attack. I say balanced because Ryan Day tries to run the football, even when it doesn't work, which, by the way, cost him in the Michigan game last year. But Ohio State's the more modern team. They have higher talent, like Maryland is higher talent compared to Illinois. Similarly, to Ohio State is higher talent compared to Michigan. Maryland also runs a more modern, pass-heavy, somewhat air-raid kind of spread, similarly to what Ohio State runs. And also, like Michigan compared to Illinois, Ohio State is better at every position on the field compared to Maryland. There are areas where it is close, like tight end, like wide receiver. Heck, even running back, given the fact that Travion Henderson and Williams have been inconsistent in their health, and with what Roman Hemby has done this year as he's averaged 6.1 yards per carry and has had seven rushing touchdowns, running back might be comparable in some areas. But Ohio State overall is the better team. There's a reason they're given a 90.2% chance to win on the road, and a reason they're favored by 27.5 points. Efficiency metrics and computers are actually very accurate, as much as ESPN's FPI gets made fun of, whether it's by me or other people. They accurately predict games, and therefore seasons, 75% of the time. And very early on from the beginning of the year, a lot of teams were ranked high early in the year by not really just FPI, but especially efficiency metrics. The most efficient teams are more often successful than not. Clemson was never high in efficiency metrics. Never. And it it caught up to them, you know, against Notre Dame, and it might catch up to them again against UNC. We'll see, or maybe even... Oh my goodness, maybe South Carolina. Ironic that ever since Dabo Swinney ranked Ohio State outside of his top 10, it's just been humiliation after humiliation on the national level, which I, as a pro Big Ten proponent, am always in for. I want the Big Ten, even if it means Ohio State and Michigan State look great and are great, I want the Big Ten to be the best conference in the land. But Ohio State's favored big For very good reason, Ohio State especially has a huge advantage at linebacker. Maryland lost a ton of linebackers in the portal, Terrence Lewis being one of them, very highly touted five-star prospect, lost him, and Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers have been playing at a very high level. At offensive line, Maryland's O-line has struggled in the past two games mightily. Ohio State has stayed pretty consistent at line of scrimmage play all year. Wide receiver, Maryland has not had as good of production there as I would have thought. Meanwhile, despite Jackson Smith and Jigba being out potentially for the rest of the year, Marvin Harrison Jr. has over 10 receiving touchdowns and nearly 1,000 receiving yards. He is a freak of nature, and he is the nation's best wide receiver right now that is active. It's crazy what Brian Hartline 
has done with that wide receiver room. Like, even though they have five-star talent, he is developing five stars, four stars, three stars, whoever is in that wide receiver room. Brian Hartline has, he has the special elixir and the... (laughs) the mind of a genius to create these amazing wide receivers and help develop them and and most util- and greatly utilize their hard work. Apologies for that. Let's get into some more of those metrics I was just talking about, and then we'll get into players of the game. Guys who, if one team wins, or if Maryland is to pull the upset more specifically, who do they need to step up big and be the best player? in this matchup. Ohio State's ranked number two in ESPN's FPI, and they're also second in total efficiency behind only one team, that being the Georgia Bulldogs. Ohio State, their offense is by far number one in efficiency. Their defense is the sixth most efficient, which is just, it's just ahead of Michigan. Michigan's seventh in defensive efficiency, and they're behind Penn State, who's fifth in defensive efficiency. Penn State actually shut out this Maryland team 30 to nothing last Saturday. Maryland, in comparison,'s 37th in ESPN's FPI. They're 43rd in efficiency. They were top 25 or top 30 in both of the those categories at one point, but losses to Wisconsin and Penn State have bumped them down the list by several places. There's a huge talent disparity here. Again, Similar to Ohio State's arch-rival Michigan's matchup, big-time talent disparity. Ohio State's the third most talented team. Maryland's the 35th most talented team. The Buckeyes' strength is their number one passing attack. I know Tennessee exists, but it is my belief that Ohio State definitely has the better passing attack. It's definitely, in my opinion, more experienced. It's more stable. Tennessee's, I think, is just better at... Tennessee's, I think, is better at putting up bigger numbers, and part of that has to do with their scheme and the fact that Ohio State wants to run it more than Tennessee does. But in big-time moments, Ohio State's pass game, it won't fail you. And the one time it has failed all year was in weather conditions that won't be repeated again. Like 50-mile-per-hour winds rain and snow that's the probability of that happening two times in a year and even if it does the probability of ohio state playing that poorly along with those weather conditions are next to zero the buckeyes with cade stover at tight end marvin harrison jr julian fleming and a mecca igbuka wide receiver with guys like paris johnson jr on the offensive line and with cj stroud at quarterback let me tell you something And the Swiss Army Knife Xavier Johnson, who's moving over to running back, but is competent at wide receiver. Let me tell you something. That's the number one passing attack right there. And the Terrapin's strength is their wide receiver core talent and depth. Their leading wide receiver is Rakeem Jarrett, who has 37 receptions, 406 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns. He's probably not going to match last year's numbers. From what I understand, a lot of that has to do with these past few games against Wisconsin and Penn State. Um, Maryland and Talia Tagovailoa aren't going to match last year's offensive production. Now, their defense is better. Their offensive line is better. They can run the ball more, too. But 
they have been they've been beaten and bullied in their past two games against Wisconsin. But you got Rakeem Jarrett. You also have Jacob Copeland. You have Dante Demas Jr., who only has 153 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. Last year, he was leading the Big Ten in receiving yards before he got injured in a terrible game against Iowa. He's appeared in all. He's appeared in most of most, if not all, of Penn State's not Penn State Maryland's games, but just hasn't been targeted the same like he used to be. So, both teams, their strength is in their offense. And their passing games, and this is where I think you're going to have to watch both of these teams. C.J. Stroud and Talia Tagovailoa. Whoever has the better game will likely win. If Talia Tagovailoa plays better than C.J. Stroud, yeah, Ohio State could still win, but that gives Maryland a much better chance than if C.J. Stroud plays on his A-plus game or if Talia Tagovailoa doesn't play on his A-plus game. Talia Tagovailoa has completed 68.3% of his passes this year. He's thrown for 2,152 yards, 14 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He's been sacked 21 times. He has a 144.8 passer rating, and he has a 65.8 QBR, which used to be top 25, but it has taken a steep fall. In the past two games against um, Wisconsin and Penn State, Talia has thrown for 151 yards, completing less than 50% of his passes. He's had a combined of 45 attempts for not even 200 yards, and he's thrown one touchdown, one pick, and he's been sacked 12 times against Penn State and Wisconsin. He's taken a deep fall. But if he can restore himself, and if C.J. Stroud, who has the number one QBR in the nation, is thrown for 34 touchdowns and only four picks. If he can have an off game, that gives Maryland a chance for sure. But Stroud having the number one QBR and really he only had one bad game, only one game where he had under a 70 QBR, and that was Northwestern. And even then, that was around a 60 QBR. He did his job running the football, and you can't blame the the weather conditions on him, which greatly affected his pass game, and some of the drops that his receivers had in that game. That game basically looks like a statistical anomaly, looks like a fluke at this point. He's 18th in passing yards, tied for first for passing touchdowns, and he has a 188.2 passer rating. So watch for both of these quarterbacks, for C.J. Stroud, for Talia Tagovailoa, and for the talented wide receiver cores to help out their QBs in these games. I think that Ohio State's going to move on to 11-0, much like Michigan against Illinois, again drawing a parallel between those games, which I think are very similar, which, because they're similar and they provide similar tests to each team, that makes the game on November 26th that much more exciting. I think Ohio State's going to coast here by a score of 49-17. to This will be a potential trap game for Ohio State, and I do think Maryland will come somewhat ready, especially since Talia Tagovailoa is probably going to be at his healthiest that he's been in a few weeks, and they will put some things together. I do think Talia Tagovailoa will throw for a touchdown, if not more, but he will also turn it over some because Ohio State's defense has just been able to force turnovers. 
you know, Tommy Eichenberg and JT Tuimolau each have pick sixes, and those are front seven players. They can get sacks. They can, you know, just shut you down, force you to be one-dimensional. Defense is very opportunistic and aggressive, and that combined with C.J. Stroud throwing for 300 yards and four more touchdowns, which is my prediction, will help Ohio State coast and win in College Park. I do think a little bit of a bold prediction here possibly is that running back Dallin Hayden will lead the team in rushing yards. I don't know if Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson will play, if they'll play any meaningful snaps. It doesn't sound like Mayan Williams broke or fractured anything or tore anything in his injury versus Indiana, but if you want to, just in case, play it safe, give Dallin Hayden some reps, get him prepped for Michigan, and give Mayan Williams some rest. I think Ryan Day and his staff might might be for all of that. Maryland's defense, along with this, will allow 200-plus rushing yards. They cannot stop a ground game with Ohio State's offensive line supporting it. So Buckeyes 49, Maryland and the Tortoises 17 to lead for an 11-0 versus 11-0 matchup in the game. The game could be and should be potentially the game of the century. Thank you all for watching. If you like this video, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video and on the game down below. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you guys around. Bye-bye.